Regardless of where you are on your fitness journey, the foundation for your success hinges on the habits you live by. The Pro Fitness Podcast and community connects you with top trainers to motivate and empower you to maintain a fit and healthy lifestyle. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Pro Fitness Podcast. Today I'm joined by Daniel Salaji, personal trainer. Daniel, appreciate you being here, brother. Thanks, Tony. I'm excited to be on here, man. This is cool. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. A couple <laughs> months, actually. It has. Yeah. It has. Quite the story. We're here to talk about fitness, but and that and that is your background. That's your passion. That's really what led to this, this new business being formed, right? Right. But the first time that we met, you came to one of our happy hours, and you brought your peanut butter with you. That was my first impression. Here's this guy starting a brand, and he's making it happen. And here we are. You have a brand. Things are really taking off for you. So super proud of you, super pumped, and just so excited for everything. Not only have you done, but that that it's ahead for you thank you tony yeah it's i remember that first day i was a little nervous i didn't i don't know if we run by you that week it was okay to have peanut butter <laughs> <laughs> we just did it and all that was like whatever happens bad it happens it's better to ask for forgiveness and permission <laughs> <laughs> and so we brought it but it was a hit it uh, went well and it complimented what we were having it was just perfect it was yeah. perfect and here yeah. we are now right. getting to know you and just finding out too that that you were you played football at a very high level in high school and playing for the number two team in in the country at the time and as soon as you left it became number one but originally from California all over right you're from all over yeah and yeah just wanted to, to share a little bit about how you got really involved in fitness and just as an athlete and now to become this this renowned personal trainer yeah I had I was very active as a kid I loved playing sports I'd been playing like soccer since I was yeah, as long as I can remember, really, that's some of my earliest memories. Soccer, huh? Yeah. I'm, I was born in Pittsburgh, moved to Germany. Soccer was very big there. And then when I moved to the U.S. in California, I heard about football for the first time in fifth grade. And I thought, wow, this is really awesome. I'm a, I, lo- I love contact sports. Soccer <laughs> isn't exactly contact sports, but I was, I was very pumped to get into it. And so I did. I played football as soon as I could. That was that's when we had the money for a, a team. And just from there on, I fell in love with the sport and went on to play football, as you said, at a decent level. <laughs> and but the problem was I got injured a lot, so I, that was that was way really tough on me as a kid. I wanted to keep playing, but but that wasn't the case. But thankfully, after I stopped playing, I learned a lot about what goes on when you get injured, and I learned how to prevent it as well. So, you know, as it turns out, there's a lot you can do to prevent, strengthen, and recover from an injury. Right. And that's really what my focus is now as a trainer. And also that, as it turns out, makes you a lot stronger as an athlete. That's what that's what I've been getting into lately. Yeah. No, and, and you're doing it at a high level, too. Your approach to it is is remarkable. Now, how did you end up in Chicago? <laughs> that's a funny story. I'll, I'll be very honest, though. I was madly in love with a girl. <laughs> and it's always a girl. Yeah, there's always a girl. <laughs> and long story short, I didn't I knew that whatever I wanted to learn, I could really learn online. And so it didn't matter too much to me where I went to school. And this girl was really smart. So she got into, she got into a good school here. And so like, you knew each other from back in California. Oh yeah. We knew each other for a long time. And then we moved here and a couple months in, it, it didn't work out. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, it's always that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the most common things. And everyone warned me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. It happens. That's uh, that's life. I I got a lot from uh, from this space. I'm not too worried. You know, um, like my the first thing I did before I actually moved to Chicago was I 
applied for a job at, at a local YMCA and I started there as a lifeguard and I just, I said, whatever you guys need me to do, I'll, I'll learn, I'll do it. And so I started getting more positions until I think now I have maybe seven job titles. <laughs> wow. Because you're still there. Yeah, I'm still there. It's still a very good place and a lot of opportunities, especially with people that go there. That's one of the reasons I'm I'm able to do my business is, is because some of the people there have helped me out quite a bit and pretty grateful to them. So yeah, it's that's how I <laughs> that's how I got here and I don't regret it in the slightest. It's it's definitely worth it. And you seem like you just really fit in, like you've made it your home and now building community around that, right? It's pretty amazing. There's definitely a learning curve, but we got here, and I'm very happy to be where I am. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's it's just those <coughs> lessons in life that you get to learn, and you don't think about it, right? But that it, it prepares you for something that you might not even expect. Personal training side, you're already doing this. You're working at the at the Y. What was the the catalyst behind becoming a personal trainer over anything else you could do in the fitness world? After I stopped playing uh, sports, I wanted to. I just wanted to help people. I wanted to get into to doing that. Um, I was born and raised in a in conservative Christian family. Yeah. Um, straight away from a bit from that now, but I'm, I'm getting back into it. Good man. Right? Good to hear that. Yeah, and um, I just I was there was very strong emphasis around being kind to others and trying to help people. And naturally, I was inclined to. I was curious at, at the very least, and what I knew was training. And everywhere I'd go, I'd either I'd see people that were as confused as I was mm-hmm. in terms of how to go around their their joint pain or, or their sport and or just their fitness journey in general and that's what I was looking to get into and help with there. After a, about a year I'd say I, I became a trainer at the YMCA at the YMCA I'm working at now <clears throat> and I just got into helping people with their joint pain. That was my main focus because once you have that it's a, a gateway into virtually any mode of fitness if you're if your body's in, in good shape and I wanted to get people the tools that they needed to navigate their fitness journey because it's one thing if you have a client for years and it's another thing if you have like a client that's that you can teach in a few months that maybe they don't have quite the money to, to pay for training continuously and then they can go off on their own and then navigate journey as and that's mostly where your focus like in terms of getting people getting started on their journey yeah, it's I have I do have a couple of clients that have been been with me for a while. They just they enjoy what I do and what we do. I, I find ways to challenge them, and that's really the key. Is you got to continue to find ways to challenge yourself. Consistency is it is important, but variation is just as important. Yeah, you have to vary what you're doing. Otherwise, you're not gonna you're not gonna get very much from what you're doing, and that's really important. And what are those ways in which you <coughs> vary it up for your clients? Because I think a lot of us think going to the gym and you fall into those good habits routines, but what I'm hearing too is that you do have to change some of those things up in terms of the way you approach your fitness, right? If you think about it, the body adapts. It it will constantly adapt to what it's to what's being forced on it or what it's going through, and you have to consider that when you're training, as it's going to affect the kind of training you're doing, or it should actually. Like after three weeks, the body will adapt to what you're doing so much so that it will. There's diminishing returns, and there can be a detraining effect as well you want to consider. So you have to constantly change what you're doing in order to account for that so that you continue to benefit from what you're doing. There's that uh, whole concept, well, newbie gains is what people call it. It's that same thing, right? Why does that stop? You know, what? It's because people keep doing that same thing over and over again. Mm. And they, after a while, they adapt to it, right? That's the, the, you know, the newbie gains part, right? But that, after a while, it's, it stops happening. So why does that stop happening? It's because the body needs something new. <laughs> And, and when you need something new, if you're, is, it, is it the difference between, for example, 
weight training is it is weight training something that be consistent or or is it also changing that up doing more of the calisthenics more cardio like how when you say changes up how <coughs> drastic do those changes need to be in order to see results people always they they always say okay I'm I'm doing this I'm doing that and you want to be very specific that's the goal you must be extremely specific to what you're doing it makes no sense to be strong in what you don't need right in order to define what you need you have to understand what you're trying to do some people they want they want to run a 5k or they want to run a marathon or they want to compete in the olympics or they want to they just want to be able to lift up a certain amount of weight or carry the groceries home or just not have back pain so you have to consider that or they want to lose weight <clears throat> and a specific form of training is going to yield that result right a very specific form of training and you have to account for that and you have to it's the job as a trainer to create those settings and that training for the client and that's what i mean so considering that the body will adapt you have to create a form of training that allows the body to adapt towards that desired result assuming you have an understanding of the way the body changes and what is the biggest reason people come to you with joint pain in the first place is it it's a multitude of things how does one get to that point where the joint pain becomes a problem and how do you prevent something like that like i said the, the body adapts so the body is constantly changing so it, it can better adapt to its surrounding because it's very efficient it's very it's a very efficient machine and for example when we sit the hips will shorten simply because the the body deems it to be the most effective condition if we're constantly sitting the hips are shortened so they stay locked short and there's an excess of metabolites that that build up that are stored in the muscle in the oh, fascia. Wow. Yes, and it is. <laughs> and that that can cause the the hips to be locked short and now that can cause a whole host of host of problems and for example it'll distort the the positioning of the of the hip bones which can cause back pain, which can cause knee pain, a bunch of other pain. If it gets really bad, it can cause pain all over, right? We don't want that. And that's what I find people don't quite understand. So really the the, the, big, the biggest cause is I would say a lack of awareness of these mechanisms of action which I try to educate people on the most because that's the biggest thing really people don't quite see how the body adapts how the body changes based on what they're doing and that doesn't just doesn't just go for day-to-day -day things it goes for exercise and other things in general really there's no shortage of things the body will adapt to if it's experiencing them so so how do you prevent that when it comes to the sitting too long you want to look at it more as a response and how you can control a response and what goes into controlling that response so you want to give a joint capacity to to stay loose or to what is it to respond to stress joints can be tight for a variety of reasons stress overuse weakness in general and to prevent this from happening you want to give a joint capacity so you have to train it in relation to the kind of activity that you're doing or the kind of activity that you want to do that you may be struggling to do Does that make sense? Of course. Now, when you you take people through this program or <coughs> through your program, what are some of those things that that you you need to understand about your clients and how do you treat everyone, I guess, differently given that yeah, everyone has a different lifestyle, they come with different aches and pains, right? How how do you approach creating something for your clients as far as a, a personal training regimen? The first thing I try to do is empower them through uh, this knowledge that they can change their bodies. And so the very first thing we do is always we, we loosen the joints. And I think most people find that they feel so much lighter or so much looser or they have less pain. Like I said, I, I work with a lot of people that have been working in construction or just have had past injuries that haven't gotten better, that just gotten worse because of the buildup of scar tissue 
And the more you leave scar tissue alone, the worse it can get. And you want to deal with that as, as soon as possible. And so that that's only the biggest that's the biggest thing that I try to enforce really or, or just teach yeah, yeah. <laughs> rather is that people have the power to change their bodies and those are the tools some of the tools that we gotta give to them. Otherwise they'll they'll be hopeless. <laughs> but it is an enforcement, I think. It's even for ourselves that we hold each other accountable. That's very important. Ourselves accountable rather. That's amazing. And the other thing we wanna get into too, because Fitness is one aspect of it, right. but the diet part is so important, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's something that you were already aware of, that you were that top of mind for you. Talk to me about that relationship to to diet that you have with yourself, but also with your clients, and then we'll get into the Peanut Brothers, how that all started. Actually ties into a bit of me moving here and <laughs> me not spending <laughs> my money the first uh, couple months around. So <laughs> I found a way to live very cheaply, Tony, for I'm living off of peanuts not literally and i'm actually still eating quite, yeah. quite a bit of peanuts no, i can't use that me- metaphor too aptly here but i live off of very little and that that diet is, is a vegan one i live very cheaply i'm buying things in bulk i got a lot of space i got a lot of food <laughs> a lot of it's dry and it's a lot cheaper that way and it's so you're vegan? I am vegan, yeah. No it's, way. It's actually a lot healthier no, than, hard, uh, yeah. than what I was doing before. I won't – my point isn't to – I don't want – most people aren't going to go vegan. That's, right. I'm not – I did try. Yeah, it's I did tough. almost Yeah, almost two years, about a year and a half, two yeah. years. In theory, it's very good, but it's also very hard to pull off. Very hard. That's, I've been Sometimes I do struggle. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm not always perfect, but – How long have you been vegan now? <sighs> two years. Okay. Wow, <laughs> good, good for you. And you haven't cheated. I have. Okay, <laughs> That's okay. what I'm saying. I've struggled here and there. But what I find is every time I had messed up, I found that whenever I went back to it, I felt the best, felt better than I even had before. And it's that contrast or that or that reminder is what's, what's keeping me honest now. And so I don't – I'm not trying to enforce that upon people. As a trainer, we got to recommend that you eat fruits and vegetables. And so I do try to – I do try to – try to enforce that as well but it's about understanding the clients because everyone's different everyone's going to have certain preferences i have some people that come to me that are eating very well they just don't know how to they don't have the motivation to train or some people they have a lot of motivation to train but they don't have the motivation to eat very well Mm. so you have to be very specific to to the client and so in regards to diet i try to have people watch what they eat they limit certain kinds of foods obviously you don't want to have processed foods you don't want to eat chemicals don't eat fast food (laughs) And eat lots of fruits and vegetables. It's very good. Most people, they, they just want to eat a lot of food. And what's great about being vegan is, is you, know, you can eat a lot of food, and it's not very calorically dense. And you can still lose a lot of weight by eating a lot of food as a vegan, assuming you do it right. Some vegans, they don't do it right. But I think it's it's a great point to make that you can be vegan and still eat terribly. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not that yeah. You're, you're, yeah, even we're hearing a lot more about seed oils, but right. I've never been one to fried food. It's just, it's not my That's thing. Right. French fries are vegan, beer is vegan. I could name a whole bunch of other things. Yeah, well. no, yeah. yeah. Even just bread alone, right? Carbs, right. yeah. There's a, let's say there's a misconception largely about carbohydrates. I think they've been demonized a little bit as vegan. It's hard not to eat carbs, but. That's true, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I found my sweet spot, so I, I eat quite a. You have to consider as well how the body adapts. Like I said, always, you always want to be very specific in terms of what you're trying to do and what you're able to do as well. And so, yeah, I just try to recommend that people find what they're willing to part with and be reasonable and to be serious about it because it is a serious thing. If you don't take it seriously, you're not going to get serious results. 
it's that simple. And what advice do you give on that in terms of that self-control? Because it's easy to talk about, right? It's easy to say you need to do these things, but in that moment when hunger sets in and when temptation sets in, how, how do you coach people on, on working through that? The human impulse lasts only so long, really. It, if you wait a little bit, I find it's easier to think and make a sound decision. That's sometimes the first thing I say. And sometimes I remind myself of that if I want to waste time or eat something I shouldn't. <laughs> I just try to wait through it and recognize that what I'm trying to do is going to feel better than what I want to do right now. And you have to think about why you're doing this. And if that better be more important than what you want to do otherwise you're, you're screwed or you, or you need something better than what you're trying to do if you don't have if you don't have a reason that outweighs your desire to do what otherwise inhibits you from reaching that goal then you got to find you got to find that reason you got to find something better you got to have that it's, it's a matter of which one's stronger which you, wolf do you feed right exactly yeah and and that why you got to have a why it's it's a complicated thing but i think that most people will find that there is little that feels better them being as healthy as you can be. Absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and you, you don't appreciate it until you're unhealthy, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And you see that contrast. Absolutely. Right. So talk to me about peanut butter. How, how did it all come to be? <laughs> when you were telling me you were eating a lot of peanut butter at one point. That's right. right. I, I was. This, this all started because you were actually consuming your own product before it was a brand. Yeah. I. <laughs> when I was uh, not managing my money so well, I, I decided well, I started to buy things in bulk. Little did I know, but I was practicing running a peanut butter business because I, I learned to cut margins or, or optimize margins rather and manage expenses very well. At the time, I was living off of you know, very little food and that, that made me very resourceful. And so these things made me very resourceful in it. And as a, a founder or as a owner of a startup, it's uh, made that process much simpler. So I, I'd met my business partner at a kickback through a mutual friend. It was just a guy I knew across the hall who actually we're both from California, and we knew the same people growing up, which was crazy. And so we bonded that way. I became friends with a group of guys. And at one point, I was like, hey, guys, guess what? I, I got a peanut butter machine. They were like, oh, this is awesome. And then we turned it on, and it broke. <laughs> 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 then and there. My business partner, he, he's, a, he's in the tech space. He's like, I put together a computer to get into a college. I could fix this machine. <laughs> and so we take it apart, and he sees it. He sees it. It's, let me put it this way. He starts blaming the guy next to him because it's, uh, it's been manufactured. His good friend was, was Chinese, and he started blaming him. <laughs> you know, it's but there was a little drinking involved. It was definitely it was very innocent, and he's, <laughs> it was very silly. He started blaming him because he couldn't figure out how to put it back together and fix it. But uh, guys... <laughs> And a couple months later, he reaches out to me and he goes, we should start a peanut butter business. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really all it's... That's, that was nine months ago. And wow. <laughs> yeah, April of uh, last year. And I was like, okay, within five minutes, I already found machines we could use. And I ordered them and started so I could test them. And they didn't work. And then I got some more machines and those didn't work either. Wow. And then I got more machines and those didn't work either. <laughs> really? Until I came across this 200 pound grain meat and what is it? Nut butter processor that didn't work either. <laughs> Four times. And then <clears throat> the problem with that one was it weighed 200 pounds. It cost a thousand bucks and it blew, this, blew the circuit breaker 38 times. <laughs> Holy smokes. And I, I had to keep turning it back on so I could finish the batch because I put in 20 pounds of, of peanuts in there. <laughs> so I was like, this is not good. And uh, yeah, long story short, I had to 
scoop it out what was left in there and I'd, uh, I couldn't use that so I, I, I ate it myself <laughs> thankfully so I returned that machine and then I got another machine which again didn't work and then I came across this machine that worked really well and that, that's what we're using right now and super great machine doesn't burn out doesn't blow the uh, circuit breaker <laughs> that's handle. super important yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah very important indeed and what, and what do you learn through something like that when it's obviously you have resilience because I don't know if too many people would have kept going. <laughs> What'd you learn about yourself, but also just about being in business and what it takes to get stuff done? I'd say that a problem that you encounter is really just a lack of perception, a lack of awareness of the solution. And so if, if you can increase your awareness of the solution, in which case I had to understand why the machine wasn't working, what I needed exactly, what would work well in the space that I had, and what, what I could afford, <clears throat> then you can start thinking about what you need and knew that there would be a solution because I had been through, I had similar problems in the past with not finding what I needed and not finding what I needed again and again and I'd re- I realized that there's a solution that there is there's a way to to find what you're looking for if you have the patience and you're able to ask why to have the right questions and to have the right mindset that's the key I think it, it very much is and <clears throat> how much of that with how much does fitness play into that when you look at others or even your clients, right, that they have these goals and aspirations, but their fitness level is not there. They're not at their optimal health. And then they get into fitness. They, they start really developing themselves uh, physically. How much does that impact you when you, know, you are faced with challenges in life and overcoming them, right? How much does that, that the aspect of developing yourself physically, because it's really a mental thing, right? As Absolutely. much as it is. But yeah, how much is it, how much of a change do you see in those areas of life? When, well, between being healthy and unhealthy. I think that fitness is vital to understanding how you can create change in real time. And business is reality in real time, right? If, if something doesn't work out, then it's... <laughs> you see it right then and there. If someone doesn't want to do a deal or, or you don't have the right license or <laughs> you don't have a good product, you find out real fast. <laughs> really fast. Yeah. And so I think these two things... Fitness especially is a way to to recognize how working hard, or rather working smarter, because that's important too, it's very vital, is going to yield a specific result. And to me, that formed my way of thinking, that I had the power to change my body or my joints or whatever pain I was experiencing. And <clears throat> given I understood the structure of the variables involved, and that allowed me to to look at business the same way and take a similar approach that's proven and successful. I've, it allowed me to come up with a way of thinking that, that has led me to good things. I've started reading a lot more books on business and learning a lot more and, and meeting people and not being afraid. That was, that's a big fear, such a huge thing. I was afraid to go to that event the first time around. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, <clears throat> and a couple after, just because I was nervous. I'm a young guy. I was worried I wouldn't fit in, but I just came anyway and withdrew myself from my fear and that uh, yeah, here we are now <laughs> and what do you tell people with people listening that are going through something similar and it's tough to get out of your head to to do something that you know will benefit you just like with you with getting out networking which is so important i think that some people they reach a point where they're so caught up in their fear that their habits or their lifestyle becomes destructive and i think that recognizing that is a way of overcoming your fear and I'll explain what that what I mean by that if you're afraid that something that you do will exhibit a negative experience 
then doing something important that you're afraid of would also, in theory, exhibit a negative experience. So they're essentially they're the same, right? And if you can recognize that one of them will in turn help you and you can start facing your fear and acting on, on that knowledge, then you can start to improve your situation. And I think that's the big thing. Right? If you can if you're if you know something is wrong and you keep doing it, but and you start to recognize the consequence and you're afraid of it, then it's not a form of bravery as much as it is stupidity. <laughs> but it is a form of action. And if you can almost apply that same mindset just to get you to where you need to be in terms of what you need to do, then I think you're heading in the right direction, which may not make a lot of sense, but it is what I had, it is what I had thought of. And it is what had, it, it is what allowed me to start a business and to get investors and to get advisors and to talk to product brokers. And just because I looked at, I looked at my situation as a means of, I, I was withdrawing from my attachments of what was going on because Essentially, when you make your situation worse, you're withdrawing yourself from your aspirations. Yeah, and very true. So if you want to make your system better, you have to withdraw yourself from your, your attachments to things that won't help. It's essentially the same thing if you really, if you break it down and you have to find a way to, to, to convince yourself that, that you can act on what you know. And like two sides of the same coin. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, with the Peanut Butter brand, you started with fitness origins, right? And, and we kind of that in mind. And it seems now you're heading in that direction too. What are some of those things that we can expect in the future? Because you're, now you're starting, you know, you have the product, it's getting out there, it's getting on shelves, but you're also thinking about the athlete as well. Absolutely. So we want to create a product that, first of all, people can relate to. Peanut butter is very popular in America. It's, it's something that, it's a staple in most people's lives and most people I know and even people at, that don't like peanut butter, they, they try our product <laughs> and they, they enjoy it. So we look at it more of as, as a gateway product. It's healthier than conventional peanut butters, of course. You have the the dried fruits and spices in there, and it's good stuff. There's nothing... Tastes delicious. Yeah, clean label, too. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. And we want to use that as a gateway into other products. Right, we started with peanut butter because it's easy to sell, but we want to finish with low glycemic protein bars that are clean label as well that people can take with and feel good about when they eat. We want to create food that people can people can buy and eat that they feel good about, that, that helps them achieve their goals, that matches their aspirations for what they want their lifestyle to be like. I love it. I love it. And if people are interested in finding more about the Peanut Brothers brand, but also about you, how can they find you on social media? Our social media. So if you can find our social media through our website, but our website is peanutbrothersusa.com, right? Okay. We have to choose between peanutbros.com and, and peanutbrothersusa.com. We chose peanutbrothersusa.com. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, though. Yeah, it's doing well. It's definitely doing well. We got and that's the same for the, uh, the handle, Peanut Brothers USA? I believe the handle actually turned out to be Peanut Bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what the trade-off was there. <laughs> Exactly, but keep people on their toes. Yeah, it's it's good though. We're gonna go a long way, and you already are. We're gonna make sure we got we got a great team. We're the Peanut Brothers. We yeah. make peanut butter. We're gonna make it happen. <laughs> and how can people find you personally? I have. I'm just getting into social media. My social it should be just Daniel at Silaji. That that should be it. That's, okay. 
And that will post it. We'll make sure that we share it. Yeah, I might be wrong. Like I said, I'm still getting to do it. <laughs> I'm very withdrawn from social media. That's my struggle right now, Tony. So I gotta... You know what? I don't think it's a struggle. I think it's super easy to get into, right? Oh, okay. Good. What's really hard to do is get out of it. I see. Right? Yeah, that's what I hear. <laughs> yeah. It's a real thing, oh. addiction. So the fact that you haven't been, I think, says a lot to uh, who you are as a person. But all in all, you're a part of this community now, and I'm super grateful for you. One, just always being here supporting and, and just being a part of it, being a friend. But also now being vulnerable, sharing your story, getting mm-hmm. yourself out there. And I'm super excited for everything you guys are doing, what you're doing personally, but even for the Peanut Brothers brand. It's it's cool to one day be able to say, I know those, I knew those guys when they got started. Yeah, we'll get there. We, we are going to take this as far as it goes. The guys we have, we're like, we don't want to do anything else but this. And That's awesome. <laughs> That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. This is We're all in, and we will make it happen. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you for coming in, and yeah. just can't wait for more. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tony.